Welcome to Recap, the part of Pastoring Out Loud, where we recap the previous week's sermon. Recap, or something about Revelation, and exegesis, <laughs> and Christ, and Recapping the recapitulation. And propitiation. And propitiation. Sure. Something like that. Uh, Dave, you preached again. Do you ever get tired of it? No. You don't? I really don't. No. Really? Would you I be content it. to preach 52 weeks out of the year yes. for 100 years straight, no vacation, no time off? Would Kelly be content with that? No, I was gonna... <laughs> you, you took that to a real extreme. <laughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> I, time, time off is good for everybody. Rest is good for everyone. I really like preaching, though. We can tell. I like, I like sitting under other people's preaching, too, though, so yep. it's good. Yep. Well, since we here at The Recap only do things like encourage each other, I'll just say, total bangers. Good job. Thanks, man. No skip, no cap, all the rest. Slay. Something like that. <laughs> the kids uh, are saying. Why don't you walk us through Smyrna? He ate it up. Yeah. Why no you crumbs. <laughs> left no crumbs. Why don't you uh, walk through Smyrna? Smyrna. Um, so Smyrna is one of the two churches that doesn't actually have a rebuke. And both of the churches, inter- interestingly enough, that don't have rebukes seem to be the ones that are probably by worldly standards, the most insignificant, powerless, weak, uh, in poverty. Uh, and so I just talked about um, the sovereignty of Jesus. So, he, you know, his introduction of who he is to them is that he is the first and the last, the one who died and came to life. So just talking about him as the sovereign Savior. So we have this Savior who rules all things and is over all things, but also a Savior who's very near to us in his death and resurrection. And uh, then talked about just their suffering under Satan, how there's this synagogue of Satan, which is a group of Jewish uh, people that have brokered a, a deal with Rome to probably avoid persecution. They probably, one thing, I, I knew they had brokered kind of a, a deal with Rome to avoid persecution. I didn't really know until I was researching more that it's likely that they actually did make sacrifices to Rome. They just qualified them that they weren't making them as gods, but just in reverence. Um, and so it had the appearance that it looked like they were doing it. And so Rome didn't have to deal with another religious uprising and the Jews didn't have to be persecuted. And But they were very happy because of their disdain for the Christians who you know, thought Jesus was the Messiah and they had missed him and did not follow all the, uh, the laws of the synagogue, especially circumcision and other sacrificial laws for salvation. They, they were very happy to out the Christians that were among them and make it known to the Roman rulers who they were and where they were so that they would be persecuted more. We see that in Acts with uh, some of the Jews chasing Paul kind of city to city as he evangelized these various places. Um, and just talked about um, the the purposefulness in it though too. So even though that's all happening, there's a that clause, that's a purpose that clause. And so even though there's these earthly powers coming against them, we would say beastly powers, dragon-fueled powers um, coming after them, it's still under God's sovereign purposes to test them 
to refine them. You know, so I talked about First Peter 1, 6-7, that in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found a result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then it is said, let's make sure we're not doing Satan's work here with slander and gossip towards brothers and sisters in our own church. We don't want to be a place that says we worship Jesus, but we're doing Satan's work. I think it's a good rebuke. I think I also said something about let's be careful that we don't fall in love with the idols of comfort and power and prestige because, you know, here we are in Lakeville, a lot different than being a persecuted church in Smyrna, and so I want to be careful not to fall prey to that. And then I said, and I think this actually came from when we talked about Smyrna in our last podcast, I just pointed out the question you asked, Daniel, about if we're really naming the name of Jesus and being faithful for his sake, can we look around and see places where there is some loss? You know, there is some suffering in our lives for the name of Jesus, even in our context, and that should probably be normal. You know, even if it's not, even if it doesn't look like prison or um, outright, you know, a murder or martyrdom, um, we should probably expect some. So I talked about how the 10 days, I think, is a background from Daniel um, and, and the, the same idea of people in exile. And so I think that's a category that <coughs> Revelation introduces for us, that we're, as Christians, a people in exile with all the references to Daniel and Ezekiel that we'll find there and that we should think of ourselves that way. Um, and so, and then finally just talked about sustaining the salvation. So there's these, there's these promises at the end, you know, fear not because if you're faithful, uh, you know, the, the second death will have no power over you. The one who conquers will not be hurt by it. I'll give you the crown of life. Um, and so just these promises uh, to, to them uh, for their salvation. And then I thought the... The one I heard a lot of people say it was helpful was bringing Polycarp into it because, you know, we don't know a ton about Smyrna in the Bible necessarily, but we know a lot about Smyrna through Polycarp, who was a bishop there. And so his real faithfulness unto martyrdom and his words during that trial are pretty powerful picture of what it looks like to endure, I think, for the sake of the crown of life and not being hurt by the second death. So as a summary. Stacy Nick. <clears throat> what about Daniel? In the book of Daniel is a pretty significant no, background <laughs> text for this. Um, do you want to riff on that for a minute? That's not what I meant. I know. I just dodged. It's fine. What is the second death? What does that mean? Mm, Daniel, answer that. <sighs> I don't want the whole podcast to be just me talking. It's uh, the lake of fire. Yeah. In chapter 20, the lake of fire, which is the second death, chapter 20, verse 15, which implies that there's a first death. And earlier in that text, in chapter 20, there's a first resurrection, which I think implies there's a second resurrection. There's a whole theology that you can build out of that. But the second death is most directly, it's uh, an eternal death in the lake of fire, which goes to an interesting theological distinctive did this on a whiteboard one time with the Sunday school here, actually. Does hell exist yet? Mm. My answer would be, it does not. There is a... Whoa. There is a I think I, agree, I think I agree with that. I've just never heard it said that way. Yeah. Hell does not exist yet. It will exist. Right now, there is a temporary place of punishment that's not called hell. 
that souls are being held in until such a time as the lake of fire is created. On that note, there you go. Wow. That's what the that's what <laughs> okay, the second then. Death is. Glad you answered. I wasn't going to go that's, there. That's what the second death. Is. <laughs> Literally, never thought about that before. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, those. There are those who say that they are Jews and are not. Yeah. Uh, is that talking about? They say that they're ethnic Jews. Is that talking about? They say that they're. Heirs to the promises of Abraham, and are not. Who's that? Who's that talking about? There. I think that the way Revelation talks about it, and with the imagery that's there, and the way the original readers would have received it, would have been there. Those that say they are Jews, aka faithful to the true God, with their all that they are and their whole system. Um, and uh, as as the the people of God, you know what I mean? Um, and so the distinction would be they're acting like they're truly faithful to God, but really they're a synagogue of Satan. Um, and I mean, you can go to other places that probably get more specific. So I don't, I don't, I was studying, I thought about going there. Well, I thought about answering the question you're asking mm-hmm. and thought I'm not sure Revelation's answering it as specifically as I want to answer it, you know, so I didn't go there in the sermon. Yeah, yeah. But I think you can go to places like Romans 9. Yep. It's just and say, thinking. you know, not all <laughs> Israel is Israel. Yep. is the same idea so that um, not all ethnic Jews are spiritually Jews in the sense of being faithful to the true God or being, or being in the people of God. And there um, are Gentiles who are. And there are Gentiles who are, Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't go there in this mm-hmm. text, but it's it's a it's an implication to wrestle with. And I, I do think in Revelation there are times it goes there more specifically coming up where we'll probably deal with it more specifically. And I think Dan, I think you're preaching some of those passages. I am. Yeah. I asked for the hard ones. I was yeah. happy, and I was happy to give them. <laughs> yeah, Romans nine was what I was thinking. I was also thinking like in Galatians where yeah. it talks about. Yep. We through faith become. Sons of Abraham, heirs to the promises yep. of Abraham. Romans 4 mm-hmm. is another place. It talks through those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think the cross reference here is 3 9, uh, you right. know, with right. the yeah. Church yeah. of Philadelphia. Those that say they are Jews and are not, but lie, um, they're the synagogue of Satan and then the, the throne of Satan that's coming up. I think Revelation just paints for us a picture that anybody that says God is on their side. But they say, but we're against Jesus. Mm-hmm. God is not on their side. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not an accurate way. And of against the people it. that are for Jesus. That's right. Yeah. So you know that, and I think it's better to say like that yeah. you are on God's side. God doesn't pick sides. God is a side. Mm-hmm. Like you know yeah. that you are. That's good. You are for like God, based upon your relationship with Jesus, and regardless of your ethnic background. If you oppose Jesus, you oppose God, and he thus opposes you. Right. So, and this is, these are written to mixed groups of people. Like, this is not exclusively Gentile churches. These churches are comprised of Jew and Gentile. The guy writing this letter is a Jew. Right. So, this is not like some, as has been taken sadly uh, throughout history, like some backdoor towards anti Semitism. Right. Yeah, not at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all. If you oppose Jesus, 
-hmm. Like you are against the God of the universe because Jesus is the God of the universe. Yeah, that's good. Um, I will keep you. Oh no, sorry. That's, uh, that's, um, Philadelphia. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich in the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but a synagogue of Satan. Don't fear what you're about to suffer. The devil is going to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. Could you just put a little bow again on how the background of Daniel two would have like encouraged them? You hear 10 days. Yeah. Maybe you take that as a literal reference. Could be for sure. You mentioned that but like in a sentence or two, realizing like the Daniel two is the background. Daniel one. Have, Daniel one. Sorry, Daniel one. Yeah. How would that have encouraged? Uh, how would that have encouraged um, the church in Smyrna? Because the story of Daniel and his faithfulness in exile was one of the more well-known stories of what it means to be faithful to God and God's faithfulness to His people. I think that they would have heard ten days, and their minds would have gone right to that story. And they would have understood, oh yeah, we're also exiles who can't participate in this foreign worship. And God will be with us through the fiery trials, just like he was with those exiles in that place. Something like that. Good. Daniel 1, I think, you know, 12 to 15 is where it gets yep, yep. kind of unpacked. That's good. Any other comments, Stacy, Nick? That was helpful. I... Yeah, the point about just God's sovereignty and how I think you compared this to Job, like when Job, yeah. Satan came before God to test Job and um, seeing that a little bit here, but just mm-hmm. God's sovereignty in knowing what is coming for them and that Jesus was the one who died and came to life. Like he has suffered first, yeah. like he knows what they're going through. Yeah. Um, just comfort in that. So yeah. yeah, I thought the whole sermon was helpful. Well, I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-da. I think, uh, yeah, Revelation is really fitting for my own soul right now. Like always, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but I'm just loving seems, it. Seems like always. No, I mean, I think it's just, perhaps it's just more that it's external to me that somebody else is preaching through it and sure. everything else that I'm just like, man, this is so good. And I've heard a lot of things that are encouraging from people. So good. Praise, praise God. God. Looking forward to uh, next church. Is it Thyatira? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So God grants grace as we keep walking through this. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.